the most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain, 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And to all of those that would like to destroy the future of the greatest country in the world, our message to them is the same as my grandfather's. Them that's going, get on the wagon. Them that ain't, get out of the way. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. Okay, everybody, uh, this is it. Swan song, last half hour, Neil Bort substituting for Herman Cain. Now, in reference to that earlier caller that said that the taxpayers... We're going to build a tractor factory mm-hmm. in Cuba. Uh, we, we now have the facts. Are you ready for the facts before we talk to Jamie? Uh, Kleber LLC, C-L-E-B-E-R, Alabama Company, they build tractors for small farms. They are going to open a facility in Cuba. Okay? A, a, a facility for manufacturing small farm tractors in Cuba it is not being paid for by the taxpayers. It is a private company. More power to them. Anything they can do to get away from America's confiscatory. That's uh, four syllables or five? Five. Uh, confiscatory tax system. Now, sitting in a rest area off Interstate 85, somewhere near Anderson, South Carolina, is our hero, the man that knows more about Washington, D.C. than anybody else and has deep ties to our, uh, you know, the surveillance community and what have you. Yeah, it's our pal Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie Dupree. Hey, Neil. Great to hear you on the radio today as I'm driving. I'm actually, I, I made it past the rest stop, and I'm actually at a Marco Rubio event that's going to start in about another hour. So I got in here early in order to get myself one of the few seats at the press table. And obviously, uh, Rubio very, very pleased with what happened yesterday with him getting the endorsement of the governor of this state, Nikki Haley. Now, I I don't know that it's going to mean any great change in his fortunes in this state, because as much as it might bring some voters over, I'm sure there are still some uh, South Carolina voters who are not pleased with her over uh, the Confederate flag and maybe other issues. So we'll see whether or not. I'm not sure it's a game changer, but still, you'd rather have that in your hip pocket than not at all, Neil. The Confederate flag really they have you mean there's some knuckle draggers out there that still haven't gotten over that heard a few calls on uh, local uh, radio this morning about exactly that saying no it, it won't make me vote for Rubio. it'll make me vote against him uh, it's been interesting the last few days neil uh going around the state uh there's obviously i i'm i'm starting to wonder again at first earlier in the week i was thinking well th- this is an easy slam dunk for donald trump the, the one thing I'm wondering is, uh, are the polls missing the, the support for Ted Cruz in terms of uh, religious voters in this state, which Cruz did so well in, in Iowa, uh, but uh, the polls have indicated he's struggling with here against Donald Trump in South Carolina. Rubio certainly has had some momentum. You can feel that on the ground. But again, uh, is it going to be a repeat of Iowa where he can only get into third? Can he break into the number two slot? 
And, you know, I guess it, it's a test again for Donald Trump. I went to a Trump event last night where the fire marshal closed it down before I could even get in the door because there were so many people there. But, you know, even though he's got a lot of supporters that show up, it's always interesting. I interviewed people outside, and most of them were not Trump supporters. That's always the odd part about trying to figure out. He definitely draws the biggest crowds, but there's certainly a lot of people who go there to see the show in sort of a P.T. Barnum way, Neil. It's a tractor pull. <laughs> Trump is the tractor pull uh, of of politics right now. I have a question for you, Jamie. Did somebody in the Scalia family ask Obama not to make his presence felt at that funeral? You know, I haven't heard anything like that. I mean, obviously, the White House, from what I read, said that the president's going to go down there on Friday when they have a little sort of event at the Supreme Court and not to the funeral. You know, look... Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at it to see what the protocol has been. I would guess if it had been like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, he would have gone to her funeral. Uh, but maybe he decided, uh, you know, I'm not making the White House argument, but maybe he decided this was more of a thing that he should pay his respects there and leave the family and uh, more conservative supporters of Scalia at his funeral. Obviously, any decision you make is going to be controversial at this point in time for this president. I will say about the whole issue of what to do about the Supreme Court uh, vacancy, I found it interesting, Neil, that here on local radio in uh, the Palmetto State, that I've heard a number of comments from people calling into various radio shows that they are they are not down with the idea of just not considering any nominee from the president. And, and I've interviewed some voters of the same thought that what the Republicans need to do is what was done to Judge Bork and others. You just have the hearings, have the vote, and then defeat the person on the floor of the Senate and be done with it and move on. Uh, I would say I think you're going to see an awful lot of the bully pulpit by the president if the Republicans decide not to hold any hearings and not to even consider his nominee. No, I agree. Hold hearings. I suppose there's not much to worry about, about having a vote. You're probably not going to come up with how many, how many renegades would you need? Six to turn it the other way or four? Yeah, four, and you'd have a tie vote, but then, of course, there's always the filibuster, so really you need to get to 60, and there's no way the Democrats are going to get to 60. So you do have the ultimate weapon. The filibuster, of course, sort of uh, clouds things over and uh, gives the Democrats something to yell about. But the one thing I want to stress to all the listeners is this is a prime example of situational politics. Uh, if the shoe were on the other foot and the roles were reversed, the two parties would be making the exact opposite arguments at this yeah. point in time. So uh, I know that both claim that they're doing what uh, you know their powers show in the Constitution and everything, and that's great. Uh, what did the, the Washington Post found that in 1956, the Democrats in the Senate passed a non-binding resolution that said to Dwight Eisenhower, don't you even dare try to fill any vacancy on the U.S. Supreme Court in this presidential election year. So, you know, uh, both sides uh, uh, can jump back and forth on this. But I, I would think what will probably happen, Neil, is that the Republicans will probably have to relent and have hearings and maybe have a vote. But again, if you hold your people together, you can defeat any nominee that Barack Obama sends up. Well, it, it's it's sort of like a the fat chick inviting you to the prom. Uh, you don't want to be rude. You want to just give it, act like you're thinking about it, okay, before you say, oh, hell no. I never thought that I'd be entertaining a, a metaphor about a fat chick to the prom and the U.S. Supreme Court. But as usual with you, you take me places that I well, never thought I would ever be in life. Yes. Well, you just you just haven't interacted with me enough lately. <laughs> exactly. I'd say the, the, the feeling from the ground here overall back here in South Carolina is is that I can make good arguments as to why Trump can win here. I can also come up with a few reasons as to red flags that make me wonder. Here's one, Neil. 
I, I have done a lot of interviews with uh, with voters this week, and a number of people, unprompted by me, but a number of people have brought up that they're not voting for Trump because they're mad at him in part because of his uh, because of him going after George W. Bush in the debate last week oh, and in really? the days since about 9/11 and more. Yeah, and that's been volunteered by Cruz people, by undecideds, by Rubio people. And I, I thought that was sort of interesting that that would come up in a you know a quick conversation with a voter where I'm, I'm just asking basic questions like you know where are you, who are you looking at, what do you want to do, and several people, one in the military, one former military. Um, a, a mother, you know, a, a grandfather have brought that up. And so I just I throw that out on the table just sort of wondering, is that something that's percolating beneath the surface here and could come back to haunt Trump uh, this weekend? Well, that would be interesting. And what do you think of these polls that everybody's so breathless about this morning, some of them showing Ted Cruz in a lead? Yeah, I, you know, the Dupree rule on polls always is is that you need one does not make a trend. But what is interesting about that NBC Wall Street Journal poll, of course, is it was done after the Saturday night debate when a lot of people felt like Trump had sort of veered off into uncharted territory and would be hurt. But we haven't seen any any decline, really, other than a small little decline here in South Carolina. So you're going to have to show me some some other polls that find that. Now, the only thing is. Uh, a lot of times the pollsters don't really poll right up until Election Day, and we've seen that in Iowa and in New Hampshire, where it didn't really reflect accurately what happened. I do think that Trump, in a sense this week, Neil, has been on the offensive all week, uh, I think because he wants to win and win big. I don't think he wants to just win by a few votes. He wants to really put a hurt on Ted Cruz, and the two of them have been going at it so uh, so bitterly in recent days that sometimes you wonder, is that going to rub off badly on both of them? And the only logical person that I see here on the ground that would benefit from that would be Rubio. I don't sense any any momentum for Jeb Bush. I don't sense any real momentum for John Kasich or for Ben Carson, though I will note about Carson, and this could hold down Ted Cruz. If, when you drive around this state, you know me, I'm just hitting the button on the radio. I'm not stopping. I'm just going station to station to station. There are a ton of Ben Carson ads on the radio here, and I just wonder if that's, again, going to take, say, 4 to 5 percent out of Ted Cruz, otherwise that voters might have gone to him uh, by Carson sticking around in this race. Who drops out after, uh, after Saturday? Uh, if uh, Jeb Bush is below Rubio by a decent amount, I would think that uh, you start to hear a lot of calls for him to do that. I don't. He's he's made some interesting statements to reporters in the last few days. When I saw him the other day, he he gave that famous kind of statement that candidates give when they're really down. He said something Neil like, uh, "Don't pay attention to the pundits and the polls. You know, just get out there and vote." And that's the kind of thing when the numbers aren't going your way, you say stuff like that. Uh, there are some people who worry that Bush is going to stay no matter what become, as one person described, a zombie candidate who has no chance of winning but just keeps going uh, in an effort basically to, to block Marco Rubio. Uh, I would think that sooner or later uh, that uh, Jeb Bush, if he does not do well here, would have to move on. But you know what? Uh, Nevada is only next Tuesday, and Super Tuesday is the week after that. So, you know, when you look at it that way, you can look around to your aides and you'd say, hey, what's another 10 days? You so, going to Nevada? We'll see, but certainly... Uh, no, I'm not going to Nevada. No, I would love to, but no, I'm going to go. I'm going to be in Arizona. The I day could, of Nevada. I'm going to be in Arizona. I could just hop up there and we could party at the Palazzo. <laughs> you could be our correspondent, exactly. Oh, so no. the way the calendar looks, I'm not sure that that uh, that anybody drops out immediately. But as we've seen, uh, the bodies are littered on the road that went through Iowa and New Hampshire. Okay, have you ever seen anyone like? Has there ever been a campaign like this before that you've covered? 
No, 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 no. My dad, every time I talk to him, he keeps saying, uh, this is just the greatest, and it is. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, to me, the most amazing part is that for years we have been told since Reagan that the Republican Party has this vast majority of people who will not uh, veer you know, away from the party doctrinaire kind of stances on a lot of issues. If you do, you're called a rhino and you're almost run out of the party. And now we have a candidate this year where most voters who back him don't seem to care about what he's talking about or what issues he's dealing dealing with that just they want him to win and that is a mammoth change from you know what a lot of people and a lot of conservatives would like to see in their party in the GOP it's a change I don't know that it's a positive change for that guy there is that obviously you're absolutely right and I think there are that's why you know when you talk to Republicans uh, I think there's a lot of people who are worried about it but as I've said it's almost like he's playing on a different playing field than everybody else and uh, you know the old rules don't apply to him and so if you try to beat him using the old rules uh, then maybe it's not going to work. But let's see what happens Saturday. Yeah. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. We, we certainly, I don't think many people expected that Cruz would win in Iowa, so who knows what goes on here. I want to see Cher walk up to Trump, slap the Obama out of him, and say, snap out of it! But that's not going to happen. So no, I was going to say, I'm not yeah. sure, maybe with the uh, the big girl and uh, the Supreme Court, I'm not sure that's going to happen either. Yes. And uh, it was it was all such a joy to watch this, and then and then Scalia goes tango uniform, and it becomes that much more interesting. Yeah, certainly, and that's become an issue real quick. I mean, you hear a lot of people talking about that. Not only, uh oh, we lost our satellite time. Oh dear. Yeah. Okay, Jamie, sorry we lost our satellite time. Okay, everybody, now I have to figure out. This This is all th- just such intricate timing here as to when you bail out of all of this. So is now the time to bail out well, of all y- Huh? You're very close to a break, so. Okay. All right, folks. So jump. Thank you, Herman Cain, for allowing me to substitute for you again. I kept my promise not to call one of your callers sugar britches so maybe you'll let me come back and do it again we have one more segment left i want to talk to my friend jack brown you people stick around it's neil bortz for herman kane breaking news experience and insight herman kane brings it to you every day, every day. on the radio and at hermancain.com i'd give you the phone number but you don't have a prayer of getting through remember my podcast connectpal.com slash we have fun over there